Hey everyone, in case you haven't noticed, we live in some very confusing, challenging, and changing times. It sure isn't easy following Jesus in 2022. How can we stay grounded in our faith, stay true to biblical convictions, and how can we become more like Christ and share Him with the lost and hurting world around us? This is Real Christian Talk with Pastor Steve. Welcome, and thank you for listening to this episode of Real Christian Talk. Currently, the entire world is caught up in the ever-growing crisis that is taking place in Europe as Russian forces have invaded the nation of Ukraine. After years of a geopolitical buildup, the entire world is caught up, and now, after everything we've endured in the last two years, a war in Europe. This begs pivotal questions for us as Christians. How should we view what's going on in the world? What kind of questions arise from seeing a dictator like Vladimir Putin going after a nation of Ukraine and talking of of having nuclear weapons ready and on the alert? Could we be on the brink of a third world war? Is this yet another prophetic sign of Jesus' coming? And what should our larger perspective be as Christians as we watch yet another tragic tale of war and suffering? These are the questions that are on my heart that I believe we need to address in this episode of Real Christian Talk. I'm going to read from Psalm chapter 2, Psalm chapter 2, which says this, Why do the nations rage and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, Let us burst their bonds apart and cast away their cords from us. He who sits in the heavens laughs. The Lord holds them in derision. Then he will speak to them in his wrath and terrify them in his fury, saying, As for me, I have set my king on Zion, my holy hill. I will tell of the decree. The Lord said to me, You are my son. Today I have begotten you. Ask of me, and I will make the nations your heritage, and the the ends of the earth your possession. You shall break them with an uh, with a rod of iron and dash them in pieces like a potter's vessel. Now therefore, O kings, be wise. Be warned, O rulers of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. Kiss the son lest he be angry and you perish in the way. For his wrath is quickly kindled. Blessed are all who take refuge in him. This is a powerful and prophetic psalm. Many of the psalms have subtleties that point to the Messiah, to Jesus Christ. And Psalm 2 is no exception. In fact, I would dare say, as I myself was prayerfully pondering all the events that are happening in the world and how we should interpret it through the lens of our faith, I was reminded of this psalm and I turned to it and read it this week. And if there were a message directly from God for dictators like Vladimir Putin, or for that matter, any ruler who is in any kind of political position of authority or the head of any empire, I believe this would be the closest thing to a message straight from God directly to them. Because Psalm 2 is God's declaration that despite all their plans, despite all their schemes, despite all their ambitions to spread their, their geopolitical influence, to, to take hold of power, and, and to be able to, to reign in terror over others, at the end of the day, there will be one king. There will be one kingdom, and that is the kingdom of Jesus Christ. 
every dictator, every tyrant, every ruler will eventually bow the knee to Jesus Christ. I used to have a poster in my room growing up, and it was of the scripture from Philippians where the Bible says that God has exalted the name of Jesus so that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. You know, under that passage and the poster, it said, bow now or bow later. And that really is the choice that all of us have. Will we bow the knee to Jesus now? Will we open our hearts and surrender to the Lordship of Christ now? Or instead, will we choose to try and, and, and lift our own names up, build up our own little empires, and go about our own personal ambitions, only to come to the realization at the end of time in history that the name that will be praised and worshipped, the name that will be lifted on high throughout the echoes of eternity is the name of Jesus. Mr. Putin and others like him would do well to read Psalm 2 because it's a preview of the future. It is God's message to them and to every ruler and earthly authority. The conflict in Ukraine has has caught many by storm, but none like the the civilians of, of Ukraine. And it's been heartbreaking to watch everything that's been going on. I have always been a lover of social studies and the geopolitical world. I've always been fascinated by what goes on in the world. And so for me, I've, I'm always glued to, to whatever's going on when something's going on anywhere in the planet. But my heart has truly been broken for watching the images and videos of the people of Ukraine, of watching as homes are destroyed, as, as literally a million people are running for their lives, and as a country is being besieged uh, by a larger power. And yet I've also been inspired Inspired to watch the courage of the Ukrainians and particularly their leader, their courage to to call on God and seeing images of, of, of people in the streets praying for their nation, hearing of missionaries speak of why they're not abandoning the nation of Ukraine and how they will stay through to the end because they believe that the church has a role to play in a crisis such as this. I was inspired to see the courage of their president who turned down reportedly an evacuation opportunity from the United States only to declare, I need ammunition, not a ride, choosing instead to stay in his capital city and fight to the end against the larger, more powerful Russian empire and Russian army. Trying to understand geopolitics and the complexity of this issue, which really goes back hundreds of years, may be difficult for most of us. And I don't believe that things are just so simple, that there's not complex uh, factors going on in any kind of geopolitical crisis, such as what's going on in Ukraine and Europe and Russia. But I will say I saw a meme on, on social media that I think pretty much boils it down to this. Imagine Ukraine is a country that was in an abusive relationship for several years. And then eventually the nation of Ukraine got to be single about 30 or so years ago. And after they've been single for several years, they've become independent, they've become strong, and they've wanted to have new friends like those in the West. But then Russia being the ex-boyfriend that was abusive does not like that. And so is trying to force the reestablishment of an abusive relationship. That kind of uh, pretty much explains what we are witnessing, 
happening right now. And there's all kinds of, of, of ramifications for this. I know certainly no one in the United States or, or in the West wants to see a, a world war. We don't want to see uh, a direct conflict with Russia because that could that could endanger all of us. Mr. Putin was talking about having his nuclear uh, weapons on the ready. And, and obviously any kind of talk like that ratchets up the temperature, the anxiety, and the tension that's already going on in the world. And yet that means that other than sending in aid and sending in prayers, we are watching what is happening, happen to Ukraine. We are watching what's happening to them. And, and I don't know about you, but it feels kind of helpless because you want to do more to help them. And yet all we really can do is pray and keep on praying for them. And so as I sit back as a Christian watching this unfold, watching a larger country take over another, watching people lose their lives, including children, watching harrowing images like Ukrainian soldiers and Ukrainian civilians standing in front of Russian tanks, or, or, or hearing of the courage and the bravery of, of the nation's leaders, I wonder how can this happen? Why is this happening? And what does it play, what role does it play in the larger picture of what the Bible tells us we can expect as we get closer to the end? Unfortunately, heartbreak and evil and suffering and war are all byproducts of living in a fallen world. Ever since Genesis chapter 3, when mankind chose to rebel against God, we have lived in a world that is marked by sin, sin in our hearts and sin that echoes throughout every aspect of creation. And so as a result, we live in a fallen world, and things like war and suffering and evil are characteristics that define the age in which we currently live. However, biblically speaking, we know that that age is temporary. We know that one day Jesus Christ will return in glory and he will establish his rule. And the Bible describes in Revelation chapter 20 and 21 what the world of the future will look like. And it will be a world that's free of pain, that's free of heartbreak, that's free of suffering, that's free of death, and that's free of war. I don't know about you, but I can't wait for us to get to that point. And many wonder, are we getting closer to that point? Is, is what's happening in Ukraine a pivotal prophetic sign? What if this turns into a larger European conflict? What would that mean for the world? And, and, and what does that mean in the calendar of events, biblically speaking, for the return of Jesus? Well, in Matthew chapter 24, Jesus gives us a number of signs, a number of things we can look for to indicate that his coming is near. And the truth is, we've been living with these things for quite some time. Jesus lists things like earthquakes and pestilences and and wars and rumors of wars. In fact, the Bible says that as we get closer to the end, the tension and the anxiety will get will get much more for the world, that the world will have dread and foreboding at what's coming next. And really, after the last two years of living with another variant of COVID coming every few months and, and turning our entire world upside down, after living through two years of, of political tension in the aftermath of the 2020 election, and as we are continuing to see what is going on in countries like Ukraine, we certainly have a lot of foreboding over what the future holds. And so what's going on in Ukraine is just yet another sign. Another sign that Jesus said would be like birth pains. And for all the mothers and women listening, you all know what that means. You know that when you go through labor, you, 
you have more intense contractions as you get further and closer to giving birth and, and you know that they happen more often and they get more intense as they happen. And in a similar fashion, Jesus tells us the signs of the age, the characteristics that define the times we're living in in a fallen world will increase and they will increase in intensity. And sadly, over the last 20 years of the 21st century, we have certainly seen those signs increase. We've seen those signs increase with major earthquakes and disasters like the tsunami that rocked uh, Asia in 2004. We've seen great economic collapse like the Great Recession of 2008. We've seen several wars ranging from Afghanistan and Iraq to what is now happening in Ukraine, as well as other wars that happened prior to this. Combining that with the characteristics that Jesus gives for for society and the lawlessness that will define our time, the lack of love that the Bible says will grow all the more. I would also add the mass levels of deception, something that Jesus repeatedly warns will only increase as we get closer to his return. We have seen just how easily misinformation and lies can spread through social media. And so, yes, as we look at the world we live in and we see all these things happening and we see it happening all the more, yes, we should know that Jesus is coming and he is coming soon. But we should also know that there's one thing God also says is going to happen that's a huge characteristic that will define the last days. And that is the gospel, the good news of who Jesus Christ is and what he came to do for all of humanity and what our response must be. All of that has been spreading and will spread to the ends of the earth. And ironically, God uses, yes, uses things like COVID-19, uses tragedies that happen, uses the mess that's going on in society. He uses all these things to further his end, his glory and his story. And ultimately, that goal is to provide the means for all of humanity to be reconciled to himself through Jesus Christ. That's what God's plan is. If you ever wonder, what is God up to in 2022? What is he up to in this mess of the world? What in the world is God doing? All you need to do is look to Ephesians chapter 1. And in Ephesians chapter 1, there's a passage there where the Bible says that, that, that God is working to accomplish his plan. And he tells us what that plan is in Ephesians 1 verse 10. His plan is ultimately to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. Ephesians 1 verse 11 goes on to say, In him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. So that tells us that God's ultimate end goal, his ultimate plan, is to provide the means for reconciliation to every group of people on the face of the earth. That does not mean that every person that's ever lived or ever will lived will get saved. Quite the opposite, unfortunately, Jesus implies that, that the majority will choose to reject Christ and reject the gospel. However, the option will be there, and God is working to make sure that option is presented to everyone, that the gospel is preached to all the world, so that all of mankind can be reconciled and restored to having perfect fellowship with God. And Ephesians 1 verse 11 says that God conforms all things. He works all things in conformity to the, to the counsel of his will. That means that God's going to use what Vladimir Putin is doing to Ukraine to accomplish his ultimate will. God's going to use everything that happens in our personal lives as we surrender to him 
to accomplish his ultimate will. Even the Apostle Paul writing in Philippians chapter 1 when he was under house arrest, when he spoke of everything that was happening to him, he said, this has happened to me to help advance the gospel. And I was so moved by hearing what the the leader of, of apparently the Baptists in Ukraine had to say when he said and released a quote of what can happen as, as Ukraine is, is taken over by Russia. And, and typically when Russia has taken over parts of a country, evangelical churches are systematically closed and shut down. And uh, the leader of the Baptists over there said, apparently, if the Russians take us over, we will go underground and we will do what we've always done. We will preach the gospel. And so ultimately, God uses everything that happens to further his ultimate aim. And his ultimate aim is to spread the good news of Jesus Christ and to bring glory and honor to his name. That's his ultimate aim. And so it's important for us to take stock and recognize that, yes, what's happening in in Ukraine is yet another uh, fulfillment of the general characteristics of the last days that Jesus tells us in Matthew 24 to expect. And that may may yet be another pivotal step towards the return of Jesus Christ. Absolutely. But what I would also say is that while we may not know how the events that are taking place in Europe right now will unfold, we do know, biblically speaking, where all of this is eventually going to go. And it is eventually going to go to the established reign of of Jesus Christ over all kingdoms, over all nations, over all powers, over all countries, over all rulers and authorities that have ever ruled or ever will rule. Revelation 1 opens by telling us that even those who pierced Jesus will bow the knee to him. And so ultimately for us as Christians, even as we we have apprehension, fear, as well as as heartbreak at what's going on right now in the world, and we have natural questions, it's important for us to maintain the perspective, the larger view of what God is doing here. And what ultimately God is going to do is he's going to use what's happening over there to advance the gospel. And he is ultimately going to conform even what someone like Vladimir Putin is doing to the general counsel of God's will. And it's all going to work towards the established reign of Jesus. See, that's the irony, is that someone like Putin who's doing this is doing this ultimately because they do not want to see a nation like Ukraine go into the hands of the West. They do not want to see the influence of NATO and the territory of NATO spread to Russia's doorstep. That's really what this is about. And so they're trying to force that to not happen. And yet the irony is, ultimately, everything that all these earthly rulers are doing to achieve their goals, their ambitions, their plans, none of that's going to matter in the end. Because the Bible says in Isaiah that the plans of the nations are like are like drops that God can just easily discard. What's going to matter is that Psalm 2 tells us there's coming a king who will be installed on Zion, and nobody is going to be able to delay or stop that. And so the question we have, knowing Jesus is going to be installed as king, knowing that his kingdom is an everlasting kingdom that will eventually come and that will eventually be uh, installed, knowing that God is ultimately writing the, the arc of history, the question for all of us, which Psalm 2 puts to us is, What's our response going to be knowing all these things? What is our response going to be? 
Our response should be to surrender our hearts to Jesus Christ now. Our response should be that though we are patriotic and we love our country and there's nothing wrong with that, we have to recognize we are ultimately citizens of a heavenly country, of a city, the new Jerusalem that will one day come, of a kingdom that is not of this world. And sometimes what happens as Christians is we attempt to mix those two. We attempt we attempt to particularly see America as as like America is the replacement for Israel and America is in a sense the new Jerusalem. And the truth is I love America. I love when Ronald Reagan said America is like that shining city on a hill. I love the beacon for freedom that our nation has has stood for. I love the ideals of America. I love everything this country stands for. But I also recognize while I love America, one day America and its leaders will bow the knee to Jesus Christ. Every nation, every kingdom, every power is ultimately going to submit to the lordship of Jesus Christ. He is going to be that future king. And this is what's always gotten Christians in trouble, historically. When Rome was persecuting Christians, Christians are taught by Jesus to be model citizens. We're taught to give to Caesar what is Caesar and give to God what is God's. We're taught to pay our taxes. We're taught to follow the laws. We're taught to be model citizens. But where there's a red line is when emperors and kings and kingdoms would expect us to have allegiance to an earthly king over Jesus being the true and ultimate king. And that's what would get Christians in trouble as Caesars would want to be worshipped. They would want to be hailed as being gods. And the very first commandment tells us there can be no other God but the true and living God. And so that is what has always gotten Christians in trouble, is while we are taught, while we're here to represent heaven, while we're taught, while we're here to follow the laws and to be good citizens, we are always supposed to have primary allegiance to Jesus Christ, recognizing our citizenship is in heaven above and not here on earth. And so anytime we get those two, those things twisted, when we try to marry Christianity and the church with earthly political power, what always ends up happening is our witness gets damaged and our ambitions and goals get infused with a worldly mindset that cares about the temporal things like power and political influence, forgetting that ultimately all of these things will be nothing compared to the rule and reign of Jesus Christ. Now, that doesn't mean, of course, that we don't care about what happens politically. That doesn't mean we shouldn't be involved in what happens politically. Please don't misunderstand. But I do believe Christians can border on idolatry when we forget we are not here to establish an earthly kingdom. We are not here to establish political power for the church. We are here to represent Jesus Christ and to make his plea of the message of reconciliation available to all through his son to everyone who will be willing to listen. That is what we're here for. And we have to recognize that. And remember, we're part of a spiritual kingdom that right now we cannot see, but one day the Bible says what is seen is temporary and what's unseen, now that is eternal. And so that is where our hope should lie. That is where our trust in. That is where our security is in. We represent a king and country that is not of this earth. But one day, and who knows, it could be soon, will be established for all time.
In Daniel chapter 2, the prophet Daniel interprets a vision, a dream, that King Nebuchadnezzar, who was a wicked emperor of Babylon, had. And it was of a statue. And each aspect of the statue represented prophetically kingdoms and empires that would come and go throughout history. And then at the end of this prophetic dream vision, a rock comes out of nowhere that smashes into pieces the statue. And Daniel says that that rock represents the kingdom of God that will one day come and destroy all of the earthly empires, all of the earthly kingdoms. That rock is Jesus Christ. And he will one day come and he will rule and he will bring in a kingdom of everlasting righteousness, a kingdom that's going to be accompanied by peace, a kingdom that's going to be accompanied by fellowship with God, I don't know about you, but I can't wait for it. But in the meantime, the choice all of us have, the same choice that every earthly ruler has, are we going to spend our time on this earth trying to build up our own personal earthly empires of of ambition, of fortune, of pleasure, of power, of getting our name to be made great? Or are we going to live out the time we've been given and use the gifts we've been given to help serve the one true King, the only Sovereign and Lord, Jesus the Christ. That is the choice that each of us has to make. May our lives echo the words of the Lord's Prayer, Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. I always end each episode by reminding you the admonition, 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verses 13 through 14. May you stand firm in your faith and let everything that you do be done in love. God bless.